Hey listeners, welcome to 10x Growth Strategies podcast. This is your host, Preeti Padmanabhan, technology executive, investor, and board member. Today, we feature the book, Built to Sell by John Barillo. Our guest today is Catherine Montgomery, founder and CEO of Better Together. Welcome, Catherine, to 10x Growth Strategies podcast. Thank you, Prithi. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to speak with you about Build to Sell. Fantastic. Tell us about yourself, the key highlights from your career journey. Yeah. So, you know, all my career, I've been focused on communications and I've worked at a lot of PR agencies. So some of the larger ones like Edelman and Burson Marsteller and Porter Novelli. And then one year I was like, you know what, I want to use my skills to help other people. And so I moved to Boston and I worked at a startup progressive uh, agency and really got focused on, um, let's see, focused on um workers' rights and labor unions. And uh, then I decided to start my own business. And I came across a venture capital firm that was willing to back me. And so I launched that in January. And that's what I've been doing ever since. And we're focused on social impact. That's fantastic. You have literally like done all the different segments, like the large company, then the startup, and then going and starting out on your own. That's such an exciting journey that you've been through. Uh, so can't wait to unpack that more. But let's start with the book. Uh, you suggested the book Built to Sell when we spoke about recording the podcast. Why did you read the book Built to Sell? Yeah, so I'm a member of Chief, which is an organization for women executives, and I don't know how many people suggested reading this book, and I was just like, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> I don't even know if I need to read it, but um, it was such an easy read and really gave practical tips on running a business, as well as, you know, if you eventually do want to sell your business, but really it was the millions of recommendations, uh, that's dramatic, but, you know, <laughs> the tons of recommendations I was getting to read it. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, uh, I, I enjoyed reading the book too. And the conversational style of the book, the style uh, made it much more easier to read. Yes. In fact, I think it was one of the fastest reads I have done. Uh, and so thank you for recommending that book. Uh, tell us your top takeaways from the book. Yeah, so I think one takeaway was how, you know, when he decided to shift his business, he just kind of went full into it and fired that one <laughs> that one person just like off the bat. I mean, he didn't really even fire him. He can't let him come to his own conclusion of like, this isn't a good fit for you. And I think that's very important for me to take away because that's something I've struggled with since launching my business is when to let go, when to, you know, keep trying to train someone. Um, so I really thought that that was um, interesting. I also really um, gravitated toward how his mentor met with him every single week. <laughs> and I was like, that is a true mentor to take out that time and, you know, volunteer his house for, you know, for the guy to go to and brainstorm. Um, so it's like having a really committed partner in the journey, whatever journey that is, whether it's selling or building or whatever it is. Um, 
So I know those aren't really the tips that were in the book, but I could, every time he would go talk to this, <laughs> his mentor, I would think, man, that's like another hour out of this cast day. Um, so I really love that too. It's, it's hard to find people like that to be in your life and really, uh, and for free, you know, without wanting something themselves. Um, so I really love that part too. Yeah, those are great points. Actually, even I was pretty impressed by the mentor. And, um, and I, I think some of the things that uh, you learn from a mentor, you really have to uh, like fall down and fail to learn on your own. Uh, so that certainly does a big uh, shift in your career path by having such a mentor uh, that was mentioned in the book. Uh, and I'd like to highlight on some of the points from the book mm -hmm. and want to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, one key point the author says is don't generalize, specialize. If you're focusing on one thing well and you specialize, you stand out among competitors. What is your company's specialization and how has it helped you win? Yeah, you know, actually we aren't, well, okay, I'll say that we're focusing on social impact, which does differentiate us from pretty much all other um, communications agencies out there. But when it comes to, oh, we're going to create just logos or just op-eds or things like that. I am so used to being at full service agencies where we do it all because I know that unless I was selling a business, I would get so bored. <laughs> I would not want to work there. And so the thought when I was reading it, the book, the thought of him just creating logos was, <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> um, so we really haven't specialized in one um, area of communications, but I would say that whenever we do our communications work, whether that's writing or crisis or media relations, that we focus on social impact. So we work on, focus on helping other people through those communication skills. So it's like a, in a different way, it's a differentiator um, than what was in the book, but it's still a differentiator. Uh, so just to elaborate on that, so when you say social impact, are you looking at highlighting some of the work that the that the end customer does that can result in a, a corporate social responsibility? Can you elaborate a little bit on how social impact is important to your business and the customer? Yeah, so it's from more from a B2B perspective of us working with organizations and companies to spread their message or what they're trying to do. So for example, we have a client that's focused on breast health equity. And so she works with a lot of black and brown women to educate them on you know, how they should <clears throat> take more precautions when it comes to breast health. Um, we're also working with an organization called 1803 Fund in Portland, where they're trying to rebuild Black Portland and give back to the community and things like that. So it really is about how can organizations give back to the communities and the communities, um, you know, gain from those from that um, outreach. And so, you know, it'll build back a community in Portland that has gone under and it used to be, you know, you know, really happening. And, you know, a lot of people had, you know, money and resources 
and it can give women their lives back and with their families and friends and because they may have caught breast cancer early on. Um, so those are just two examples, but that's what we mean by social impact and social impact so many different sectors and ways of life from environmental to criminal justice to decriminalization, just so many different components of it. Um, and it really excites me and my team when we're doing it up each day. No, that's fantastic. Uh, I, I I think that is so important the work you're doing because uh, there isn't enough uh, uh, time and money being spent in in uh, promoting these important causes uh, that are out there and uh, the social impact that they are create, creating. Uh, so kudos to you for doing that. Let's take a, like a different angle here from the book. Uh, and this is uh, close to my heart because I really had to uh, change uh, the way I think to even uh, get this point in the past. And I'm still learning. It's about saying no. Uh, <laughs> that <Yes>. is typically <laughs> very hard for most people. And one of the tips from the book is don't be afraid to say no to projects that don't fit your area of expertise. The more you say no, you will have time to take on projects in your expertise. Do you have any insights and examples from your career where you said no and how that helped you and your business? Yes. Um, I mean, even right now, since we're trying to focus on uh, whether they're for-profit or non-for-profit companies that authentically and genuinely want to make a difference. So there are clients where I've, or potential clients I've had to say within the past six, seven months, you know, since I launched that we can't take you on because you don't check the boxes that we're trying to seek when we work with a partner to uh, expand social impact. Um, so a lot of uh, clients, they, you know, I'll give a million dollars to this or a million dollars to that, but they don't know where it went or how it was used or if it really had an impact on communities. And so in those cases, we have to say no to those potential clients. Um, so it's it's really sticking to our mission of um, using communications to achieve equity and just removing ourselves if that's not the case. Um, because again, the differentiator with Better Together would be uh, ruined if we just went after any company, then we'd be like any other agency. And so it kind of goes with two of the points in the book of, um, you know, specializing as well as, you know, being able to say no. Excellent, excellent points there. In fact, uh, reflecting on my own journey, uh, like the saying no has freed up a lot of time for me uh, because oftentimes I, I've been on several nonprofit boards and I get asked to be on boards. I just took on a few for-profit and I had to make space for getting the for-profit boards also on my background. Uh, so I've had to say no to a few nonprofit opportunities. So trying to balance how much time I spend. Uh, so that's been my journey uh, recently. Um, yeah. How much time do you spend on boards? Uh, I I think I spend about uh, five hours um, a week okay. um, doing some uh, like you know advisory work, and I think I might end up expanding it to ten hours 
uh, because I do uh, actually look at myself as somebody who can contribute to several different areas. And like you said, it keeps me engaged and not get bored. Uh, <laughs> sometimes doing one thing can get very boring. Yes. Uh, so I do look see that I might expand more into doing that uh, additional work. And plus, I get to take the experience from advising the companies or nonprofits back to my own company on how I can do my job better. So it certainly is a positive thing for me. That's awesome. Thank you. Let's uh, look at some of the other points that the book talked about. I'm a marketer and I've always been focused on understanding the market opportunity for my business. Um, it was delightful to hear the tip, take time to figure out your market opportunity. How has this insight applied to you as a business owner? Right. I mean, I think every day there is something that happens where I'm like, yeah, this <laughs> this job is never going away because whether it's the fire, fires in Maui or, you know, the more than 400 people who have been shot through mass murders this year so far, like there's always something unfortunately awful that is happening, causing uh, the need for communications focus on social impact. And so I think that, um, it can be hard for maybe someone in a European country to think, oh, can you have an agency solely focused on social impact? Because they have healthcare for all that, you know, people aren't walking around with guns like as openly in the US. Um, but there are all that there's constant need for communications that resonate with every audience in the US. And so I, I don't think that um, the need for better together will be going away. Yeah, that's great to hear uh, that uh, you have you have that. I mean, on one side, it's unfortunate to see all these, but it's good you're there for these causes, right? And uh, and that certainly is a is a you know positive side of your business and the impact you're making. Uh, let's take a look at some of the challenges. Uh, like you know, have you faced any challenge where you had to customize a service for each client? The author talks about why companies need to behave like product business. And uh, in your case, what are your thoughts on this approach and how has this applied to you? Yeah, I do feel like for every proposal I write, um, I adjust it in some way for that particular client. Everybody has different needs. And so I do find myself spending quite a bit of time to try to uh, share that or like relate to them. And I'll say that I was at a different agency previously, and it was so different than the um, agencies before that, because we would spend hours in a conference room, like brainstorming, think about all the ideas for this client. But the one agency, they had a template for, you know, this is what's going to be in it. That's it. Like move on and they can take it or not. And they were very successful with that. And it's really hard for me to get to that point of just, sticking to something and then sending it, you know, like, I don't know, it just feels inauthentic, but I also spend a lot of time writing proposals that more times than not aren't accepted. And so it's like, then is it worth the time? I mean, I don't think that potential clients see the, um, they definitely don't like see the, um, 
energy and enthusiasm and thoughtfulness that's put into proposals. And so um, I know it does make me question, should I just have some template that, you know, every one of them looks alike and then, you know, just cross out what somebody doesn't need, <laughs> you know, but um, that's going to take me a minute to grapple with. Yeah, well, I think even the fact that you read the book and thinking in that direction is a great, uh, a great step. Uh, and uh, plus, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, becoming aware of that. So glad to hear that you're able to balance the two. And you're thinking in the, those lines. Uh, so uh, then in that line, thinking about a long-term strategy, um, the author asks us to think big and create a three-year business plan that paints a picture of what is possible. Tell us why is this important and how do you go about creating your short and long-term business plan? Yeah, I do know that if I just thought about the day to day all the time and didn't think that there was a future, <laughs> I would like just quit and just step away because the day-to-day -day is hard. I mean, it's it's really hard. And but knowing that what you're doing today is going to help you get to where you want to go in three years and 10 years uh really helps. And with the investors, I have it's a 10-year plan of sticking together, you know, helping each other. And and in the meantime, you know, I can sell the company. I could, you know, I don't know, buy them outright or whatever it is. Um but knowing that there are options and that they are with me at least for these 10 years is really helpful. Um, and when I first met them, I had no business plan. I had nothing. So I developed that business plan. And, um, you know, it was more so what what are my what do I want to get out of it in the end? Like, what am I hoping to achieve? Who am I hoping to help? Because that's a huge part of Better Together is helping other people. Um, you know, how much money did I want to end up at the end? That's always, a, you know, a goal at the end of a certain period. So I think keeping all of those things in mind, and I had actually started this Google Doc back in 2019 that just had a lot of random things. And I didn't know what I would use for it, but it had, you know, potential business name and goals and things like that. So I had all these goals I thought about for years. Um, and I was able to you know, put them together, figure them out and kind of sort out what was actually possible and plan it out for, um, for the next like year, three years, 10 years. So um, it's, that sounds easy, <laughs> but it's, it's not. I mean, it's really hard to think about goals that you can actually achieve and how you're going to achieve them. Um, I will say that having the VC firm definitely does help um, because they both have their experiences running their own agencies. And so they bring that knowledge to me to help me uh, create my dream. No, that's great. Like you said, it's not easy uh, to create that long-term vision. And I'm glad that uh, you're consistently doing it and you have the VC firm. Maybe the VC firm is that mentor you talked about. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, well, it has been fantastic having this conversation with you about the book Built to Sell. Do you have any additional insights for the audience here? Um, when it comes to building a company, I would 
just say, go with your instincts, go with your gut. I feel like I've sometimes doubted mine um, over the past few months. And I've, it's something that I'm having to learn that, you know, most of the time you're going to be right if you just go with your instincts, whether it's to sell your company, to hire someone, fire someone, to take on a client, um, to let a client go. Um, a lot of it, we just have feeling good feelings about. And so I would say, uh, go with that. I would also say, read the book because it's really good. And it's really um, insightful on things to keep in mind. I will say that not everything I agreed with solely because uh, I'm not ready to sell my business. But I think if you're in that place, uh, it's definitely a good hand handbook to keep beside, beside you to, through the journey. Fantastic. Uh, you know, a great, great tip there. And uh, certainly I agree. It's a great book to read. Uh, listeners, check out the book, Built to Sell. And thank you for tuning in today. Thank you.